G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, August 29. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Daniel Nuttall. Well, Joel, uh, it's uh, stuff is starting to get real, uh, as mm-hmm. they would say on Hunt for the Wilder People, because we've got the first Group 1 of the new season. And uh, anyone who thought this race, it was only Winks that got this race promoted to Group 1 and that uh, it's really just a bit of a warm-up. Maybe it is a bit of a warm-up, but we've managed to attract uh, 10 Group 1 winners, although nine is stretched, so capacity field that uh, looms is an absolute cracker. It certainly does. Uh, It was um, very tough to try and do some early form for this race once the noms came out and then acceptances came out and it was no easy because they were all there. Um, Very tough race. Obviously, fun star, the early scratching. It's sort of been hinted at earlier in the week that Chris Waller was leaning to kicking her campaign off in the 1200 metre show county a uh, bit bit of a softer option and he, I guess he has already got a strong hand in the wink state so that uh, robs the race of a little limelight but yeah very tough race you can make serious cases for plenty of them and it may you know a lot of people discussing with you know, I'm probably in the camp that it, it shouldn't be but however this race um might uh, might turn me around. Yes, it probably wasn't all that exciting last year, the, the first post-Winks one. But, uh, Daniel, as I've written this week in Best Bets and Winning Post, Tommy Smith holds the training record for this race with 10 wins, but it took him 30 years to do it. Chris Waller, only had his first runners in 2010, already has five winners, obviously three of those. Courtesy of Winks, he's got four left in at this time. Uh, can he make it six? I think uh, his runners here will probably be better over maybe at next start or the start after. I certainly got he's got some class horses in this field. Colding, um, very elegant, who can run a race fresh. But I think um, I'd be surprised if he was to to pick to pick up another week stake this year. Um, I'd, I'd be looking elsewhere. But yeah, you're right. He's got he's on track to um, break that record and. Um, yeah, I think I think we can look elsewhere though for the winner. I think uh, Chris probably won't be winning this year, but we'll see. I think he's got some good horses here. Will definitely make their presence felt later in the spring. Very elegant, the leader of that. Okay. Well, the other fun fact was that um, the winner of the Warwick Stroke Wind Stakes has been first up in twenty of the past twenty nine years. Almost all the field first up, but there's a few that have had a run, and a couple of those were. Reasonably impressive first up. So, anyway, I'll be interested to see which way you guys are going. But we'll take you right through the black type on the Randwick program. And that starts in race four. It is the Dali Silver Shadow Stakes. Group two, set weights and penalties for three-year-old fillies. Worth 200000 Ten acceptors, Joel. And we see your best bet on the program. Yeah, I'm firmly in the corner of CU soon here. She did uh, some good things as a two-year-old filly. Of course, early uh, was early in the season, late in 2019, she was able to win and finish second in the Million Dollar Golden Gift. And then she returned. She was beaten in the Riesling only just. Dame Giselle sat wide. CU soon took an inside run. But I thought she was very good there off one trial. And then not disgraced in the Golden Slipper, just tough to make ground in that race. She backed it up with a really good effort in the Percy Sykes behind away game. She's only got the one, had the one trial leading into this again. Just think she's perfectly situated from barrier one. She's been getting back in her races. That's sort of been her pattern thus far. But I think from gate one, she can settle a bit closer. 
Loved her recent trial. I'm keen on her to beat one Dame Giselle. Uh, wherever they, wherever one goes, the other seems to be right alongside it. Seven Carcat Arcat was a good debut winner, and then missed out in the Magic Night with the wetter track being used as a as a, an excuse. So you know, drying conditions should suit her. I think we're going to get to sort of a soft six with no more rain predicted, and four for Lizzie next best. She'll be running on. Yeah, I like the Felicity soon as well. So. Pleased to see that Joel is so keen on her. As Joel sort of said that that Barry, she can settle closer in running here. She's never really had the greatest of luck with barriers and hence is sort of um, together a bit far over her ground. But yeah, from Barry one can certainly settle closer. Really like the recent trial and uh, she's one I want to follow this spring. So the three on top, see you soon. James, James Giselle in next. Um, yeah, these, these two have clashed plenty of times. Um, Dame Giselle with the upper hand on the scoreboard, but I think see you soon can turn the table. Thermosphere. The Exosphere Philly, um, big fan of her. Two wins, last preparation, uh, one at provincial level and then one in the Magic Night on similar ground to what you'll see on Saturday. A soft six, soft seven. Um, we're really p- visually pleasing wins. Um, she can figure fresh and in for fourth. I have September run um, in, th- in the numbers as well. Three, one, two and five. Race five at Randwick on Saturday. Moston Copper Show County Quality. This is a Group 3 quality handicap, as the name would suggest, 1,200 metres. This is the one that uh, Waller has scratched Funstar from the Winx to run her in this. And uh, you guys, however, have uh, found one to beat her, job. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Funstar, but I just think um, she's vulnerable first up at 1,200, even though she's had the two goes at the trip and won them both. They were early on in her career. And I think number 10, Ro Heron's opened up at a good price, around the $6. I think you can probably still get. He's really good fresh. We know that, four from four first up. So the James Cummings team have elected to keep him fresh in between runs. He went four weeks into the second up run, beat all but Eduardo. That horse went on to win the missile, so nothing wrong with that form. Four weeks and a trial again in between runs. He gets in on the minimum 53 Surprised he's around that five fifty six dollar mark, to be honest. I think he'll go well from the old favourite in and up. They'll know he's there, this bloke. He's hard fit. He likes the wet. And he's uh, down in the waist a little bit here with 54 kilos. He'll run you a really good race if you want to back something each way that's uh, you know getting out towards double figures. Three fun star she is. Very talented. Only missed the Quinella once, and that was at 2,000 metres. Uh, she's been trialling well, and two special rewards. A good sprinter, just going to give a bit of weight away to some rivals, but uh, again, good strike rate, eight from 14. He won't be far away. Yeah, Heron for me as well. As Joel said, that price, $556. Happy to take that about him. Um, so obviously, the two runs this time in, but as Joel alluded to, freshened up in both. Uh, really like the way he's going. Uh, I think fun starts, I think the best horse in the race, but 1,200 metres, first off, she'll certainly be better over a little bit further, um, but it wouldn't shock if she was to win this, such as the class of class of her. Five in next uh, Signor Fox. I think one bigger price you could worth throw it into um, wider exotics. And then the eight in for fourth, a hard fit in and up, down to 54 kilos. Ten, three, five and eight. All right. Well, the furious agreement is going to continue in race six. It is the Bowerman's Commercial Furniture Toy Show, 1,100-metre Group 3 quality for fillies and mares. And you're both in the same camp again, including with Daniel's best. But, uh, Joel, you 
kick us off on Adelong. Yeah, speaking of good strike rates, this girl's got one. Eight starts, six wins, two seconds. Can't do much more than that. And she just looks to have found the perfect uh, opportunity to step into black type company here. 53 and a half, 1,100 metres with some give in the ground. And a bit of a tail to the race. So she's opened up quite short, but probably deserving so. I think she'll be very hard to beat. Four, Riverbird. Mixed it up a little bit last prep, but the fresh run was good when third behind Embracer. She then went on to earn black type herself when second to star of the season, the Morris McCartan. If she reproduces that, she goes close. One sweet deal, all class. Just whether 1,100 metres is a touch short and she's got the 59. So a couple of negatives, but her class will take her a long way. And seven seasons. Sat wide when first up, two preps back. Last prep, she took on the group three, Triskay fresh and was okay. She probably will improve with the run, but I've slotted her in next best. Yeah, the stars of a line, Frad along. Um, not the strongest of group threes you'll see, and she looks really well placed with 53.5 kilos. Owes um, me nothing to source. She strung together three on the trot at the end of her last preparation. Um, put away, she mean, um, spelling for a couple of months, but has had a trial leading into this and looks really well placed. Um, hard to beat, and hence my best of the day out along race six, number six. A sweet deal of one, as Joel said, yeah, 1,100 metres, first up 59 kilos, a couple of things against her, but, you know, wouldn't shock such as um, fast as she is. I think those are the two I'm going to put in the quaddy. Um, bit of a gap then to 11, Zania. Can run a race on her day, can mix her form though. And the four in Riverbird, first up 6-1, Uh What about um, Witherspoon, then? Scratch. Oh, well, I don't think it's officially scratched yet, but I'm heading going going to, to, head to Melbourne. Yep. Um, running in the, the Carly Iron. So we'll touch on that horse a bit later. Rightio. Race seven is the big one. It is the Wink Stakes, 1400 metres, Group One, standard weight for age. And uh, finally, we're going to get a difference of opinion here, starting Joel with you with Master of Wine first up. Yeah, I'm leaning his way. Uh, look, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he'll win something big this spring. Just depends whether Team Hawks have got him absolutely sort of wound up and screwed down to win first up. They probably don't, but just don't think we've seen the ceiling to this horse. We saw him come back last prep. He was outstanding first up. I know it was only a benchmark 100. He was only beating Eliferous, but uh, he was very good there. And then, of course, ended that autumn campaign with a gutsy effort in a strong Queen Elizabeth when covering ground throughout. And still finding the line. So I'm leaning his way seven to beat two, the Bostonian. I don't think I've ever tipped him when he's won first up. So I just <laughs> found it hard to, to step in now. I feel as though I've missed the boat. Six from seven, including a couple of group ones. Look, he ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he? Good to see Jay Ford get an opportunity. He's a good rider that doesn't get the, the group one opportunities that he should, in, in my opinion. So I think he'll uh, do the right justice and give him every chance. Fifteen, Flit. I was with her in the missile. Uh, Eduardo won that race at the start. He jumped quickly, ran them along early and just got those first uppers sort of out of their comfort zone. I thought she did really well to hold on for second. And banking on that form line a little bit with number six, Imogen. Oh, got a horror gate here. That's going to make things tough. But uh, he arguably should have run second in that race. It was a really good return. I think now that he's uh, been gelded, he might just apply himself with far more consistency. So I've gone 7-2, 15-6, but uh, great race. Certainly mm. is. I'm going to go with the, the one Dreamforce who, his last couple of preparations, he's really 
put forward a very good run. Fresh always shows up at the start of a preparation, second to a head away from Elise in the Apollo when first up earlier in the year. Um, and, of course, won Group 1, the elusive Group 1 on a, on a soft-rated track. So whilst his better form is on dry ground, he's... Um, he can run a race on, on affected going as long as it's not too wet. Um, he's finished in the Quinella six or seven on soft rated track. So Dreamforce go forward and um, yeah, in a tough race, he's my on top up master of wine. Yeah. Plenty of time for this bloke. Of course, the 1400 meter win um, when first up last prep was in, when, in benchmark grade, but the way he was able to win that. Um, and then of course, step up to 2000 meters and, and dominate in a group three, um, very versatile horse and it yeah, wouldn't shock. It will be much more suited over. Uh, the three and next, Avilius, 1,400 metres, his form over the trip first up in the last couple of preparations being really good. Gets it wet and a um, bit of a knockout hope at a, at a big price. And the 13 in the fourth Melody Bell, much more suited up to 1,400 metres. Uh, second up, 173 and 13. That takes care of the black type at Royal Randwick on Saturday. To recap, Daniel's best race six, number six, as a long value bet race five, number 10, was Roe Heron. Joel's best race four, number three, see you soon. Joel, talk us through your value bet, saving the best to the last race nine, number nine, Ice Bar. Yeah, look, uh, really taken by this girl's trial recently at Gosford. Strong through the line. She was getting past the leaders and the sort of 100 metres past the line. Uh, stiff not to win at black type level at the back end of her last campaign, held up badly in the South Pacific and then got out late and ran on for second behind IndyCar. And then again, didn't have a lot of room in the Hawkesbury Guineas there at Rose Hill when finishing third. Made her my value bet before Tayer had come out. So look, the odds, you know, she's going to be firmly in the market, but I still think you're going to get each way odds. Um, so I think she's a good each way bet. Ice bath in the ninth. And I'll just mention, if Zabrowski gets a run in the war in the Wink Stakes, Maybe include him in your first fours. I'm a big fan of his going forward, and I'll be interested to see what he does if he sneaks a run. All righty. The, va the Valley is the venue for Melbourne racing on Saturday, and that's where the other black type is in Australia on Saturday. And the first of those black type races is race six, the McMahon's Dairy Mackenzie Stakes, 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-old Colts and Geldings, Joel. I've gone the way of number five, Pioneer River here, the son of Snitzel, who did a reasonable job in that first campaign, was placed here at listed level behind Larimer Street, went to Sydney for the Group 1 sire, struck a heavy eight, drew a wide draw and, and really had no chance in that particular race. I thought his recent jump out at Flemington when asked to stretch out a little bit late by Mark Zara. I thought he responded well. I think if he gets a bit of luck from a, a tricky enough gate, at double figures was worth thought each way to beat four flying award. Did a good job in that first prep. He'll get better as he gets over a bit further. Uh, as will number six, El Barado, son of Savabile, who won on debut and then went to Flemington, bumped into Cherry Tortoni. Nothing wrong with that form at all. And one hard landing who's got the, the fitness under his belt, having been to the Valley already this campaign. And that was a nice win with 60 kilos. I found it's tough to separate my top two, which was the four flying award and, and one hard landing. The Seamus Award Colts, um, obviously very good first preparation, two seconds and a win, uh, culminating that listed race at Anzac Day Stakes. The sort of the, the win over 1,400 metres, you gave the impression that he will, as Joel said, be 
better over further than the 1,200 metres he sees on Saturday. Um, but I think he's certainly got the, the ability to run a race here, drawn well, drawn to get all the favours from barrier four. Um, and yet yeah, slightly on top of the one hard landing who has that run on the board. This preparation, of course, sitting outside the leader at Mooney Valley, proving too strong late. Those are the, the main two, I think, in the race. Rafflin can run a race fresh. Of course, um, can make some pretty good, some horses, some two-year-olds, last preparation. Uh, of course, running third in a Blue Diamond prelude and being tested against the, the higher echelon of horses and wasn't disgraced at all. And the nine in the fourth, Dipping Boy. I'm only one of packing them synthetic 1,100-meter uh, race on Debu, but really jumped out well prior to that and, and strung along to win that race quite well. Drawn barrier one, I dare say, similar tactics to be applied. You could give some cheek um, leading at the Valley, 4 one, two, nine. Uh, six for me, first up, Alvarado to beat four flying award, eight loca and one hard landing. The other black type race at the Valley on Saturday's race eight. It's the Fiorente at Sunstud, Carlion Stakes. Thousand metres set weights and penalties, which is uh, going to be crucial um, for Jungle Edge. Clearly the highest rated horse in the race only has to give them a maximum of three and a half kilos. The other crucial thing for Jungle Edge, Joel, will be the weather. Uh, rated a soft six as we speak to you on Thursday afternoon. But uh, well, you never know in Melbourne, but uh, a fair bit of rain is possible, possibly uh, on race day. And this is going to be fairly late in the day. So uh, I guess you've just got to keep your eyes on the skies. Yeah, you'll be waiting till after scratchings and even later throughout the day to be betting on this race. I would have thought there's just so much that can happen that can change, uh, you know, the, my way of thinking. Certainly, I'm with 10 Brooklyn Hustle, but I believe if they get sort of seriously into the soft seven heavy range, she may not run. Uh, but she was very good first up. And I think if she, if she is here, she'll run well. Five bonds away is a, a good, honest sprinter. Has performed okay on soft ground previously. Uh, was fourth behind Jungle Edge in the WJ Adams earlier this year. One Jungle Edge, well, he probably gets elevated if the rain does come. He's uh, obviously back. He's going well. We saw that in the Monash. He just didn't get conditions to suit last time in the Bletchingley. And eight Hummer Hummer would have been my top pick. Uh, you know, if we're playing on a dry deck, she goes really well first up. She's jumped out well, but just she might not get conditions to suit. You've got the smart Alpha Oro in it as well. Who can uh, no, it's uh, Alpha no. Oro scratched. He's gone already, yeah. So we could end up with a small field with a couple of these perhaps coming out as well. So tricky race at, at the moment. I'm 10-5, 1-8. Yeah, Brooklyn Hustle on top just on that strength of that win at the Valley. She gets around the track so well, which is so important. Um, um, propel the runner-up in that race, come out and has since won. Can't dive into the price though at 2-9. While she's on top, I thought, Bet might be a little each way play on the six fine Dane who flies fresh three from four. First up, um, if you look back at his form last preparation, it reads pretty well. Um, it shouldn't be 35 to one shot on this, I wouldn't have thought. He can get through wet ground okay. Um, and yeah, it was sixth midfield behind Jungle Edge in a thousand meter race at Caulfield on resumption last prep and sort of drew the wrong spot. And on the inside, wasn't really the place to be. He's only two lengths behind Jungle Edge. Um, since come out in Oakley Plate, didn't have much luck there. And then second to Balavella at this track. Um, of course, Balavella went on and won a group one in Adelaide later in the preparation. 
Uh, I think his form reads pretty well over the odds at 35 to 1 and sort of sit midfield off that. Is a bit of speed in the race, of course, Witherspoon, as we've touched on, is likely heading to Melbourne, um, as I've heard from the Lee's stable. So I think Fine Dane at a price can run a cheeky race with, with, with even luck. And yeah, of course, there's plenty of uncertainty whether which horses will run and which won't with the, with the weather pending. But um, whilst the 10's on top, I'm going to have a play each way on Fine Dane at 35 to 1. I think Witherspoon can run a race, will be up there on the speed uh, in terrific form. Um, and deserves a shot at this level, and the one jungle edge can't be ignored as well. 10, 6, 9, and 1. Uh, I'm with the two here. Great again to beat Brooklyn Hustle, Jungle Edge, and Hummer Hummer. So that is 2, 10, 1, and 8. Specials on the Valley program. Start with you, Joel. You're kicking us off in race 3 with the Lindsay Park Philly Montier. Yeah, she's a filly I want to follow through this campaign. It'll be interesting where she ends up from barrier 1. And, you know, it was always interesting races where a few of these fillies resuming. Hayes Dabernig Yard produced three first uppers here. So the market might tell the story, but I think Monty is a, a very talented filly. I think she'll handle the wet. Uh, certainly her, uh, her Group 1 winning brother handled the wet um, just fine. The Ranwick Guineas winner, his name escapes me, but uh, she, he handled the wet beautifully. And she's jumped out well. A couple of nice jump outs leading into this. She showed plenty of promise in that first prep. So I'm keen on Monty. I think Jenny's rainbow is the hardest to beat. And my value bet is race five, number 13, Antagonizer, who I believe is in on uh, Friday at Bendigo. So it'll be interesting to see whether they sweat on a run here because he's the first emergency. Thought he was okay first up, first run back as a gelding, and then he, he went right on with the job second up. It was a really nice effort to run second behind Jittery Jack. I think he can land in the right spot for Jamie Carr here from a good draw and give you a good run for your money each way if uh, indeed he heads to the Valley on Saturday. Pretty keen on Kentucky Tornado as my best of the day, which comes up in race four. Third up, 2,500 metres. Both ticks for this Chris Waller train mare. She was a man that... She had plenty of ability when she arrived in Australia. Um, it took a while to sort of find her feet and, and record a couple of wins. She was um, it's a punter's envy on a few occasions. But at the end of the last preparation, when getting out to the, these sort of longer trips, mile and a half sort of journey, she um, really switched on and was able to win a couple late at Sandown Hillside to end the preparation. Won comfortably both races and then come back in good order this time in 1,600-metre, 2,000-metres um, running on and, Hitting the line nicely. Third up, 2,500 metres, I think, suitable for her. And I think she'll be hard to beat in the fourth. Race four, number eight, Kentucky Tornado, my best in Melbourne. And you've been through your value bet, which was, of course, fine. Dane in the car line, race eight, number six. Uh, Sad to say I'm going against Daniel with my best, and that is the uh, lightly raced but race fit and mere in form. Race four, number five, high emotion, and another mare for my value bet. Race nine, number six, Holly Gray uh, has certainly uh, done enough in uh, those last three starts to suggest she is ready to win this time. No massive price, but uh, about six bucks each way should at least get you a small profit. Morfordville, as usual, is the venue for Adelaide Racing on Saturday, and Daniel, talk us through your specials there, starting in the fourth with 
a horse called Final Hearing. Yeah, I think there's some value to be found on the card. I really liked Final Hearing's first up run in the benchmark 72 over a distance short of his best. Um, he's a horse that goes well first up, so I was expected to to perform competitively, which he did at a price. Um, the winner of that le- race, left-hand man, since come to Melbourne in our benchmark 84 and, and been somewhat competitive there as well. So I think the form stacks up. He drops five and a half kilos to 54 and up to 1,600 metres. Um, a small but competitive race, I think, at $8 or thereabouts is worth an each-way bet. Um, so race four, number eight. And I think Monraj, who I made value um, in his last start, which was three weeks ago now, the last two starts he's sort of been getting back and finding the line well in races that um, you sort of needed to lead to um, to be effective, I guess. I think he's, he's lost no admirers. He certainly hasn't lost me on the back of that, that run. Um, I think, again, it's a little bit closer to the action now. When I think at 20 to 1, he's worth an each-way play. There's, it looks to be a bit of speed on the race, so those at the back should get their chance. Hopefully, they're running on at Morphville on Saturday. Race 2, number 5, my value, Monrush. Nothing for Morphville, Joel? No, nothing for me, Bucks. Okay, we head up to Doombin. And, Daniel, we're uh, getting fairly... Late on the card for Daniel's specials. Uh, Daniel's Wi-Fi might have just dropped out. He has left us. So we'll switch over very quickly while we're waiting to see if Daniel returns. Uh, We'll switch over to Belmont, uh, where there are no black type races, although in typical WA fashion, they've got a rating 78 plus, which they call the Amelia Park Blue Spec Stakes. It is not a stakes race. BJ's tip, though, uh, there is a, there's a few good horses in it, uh, including BJ's tip. Massimo just uh, has to stretch out to the, the mile journey there. BJ's best race, five, number three, leading girl. And his value bet, race eight, number six, Jericho Missile. Uh, looks like Daniel is having a bit of trouble joining us, so I will have to uh, just very briefly tell you that his best for Doombin is in the last race, nine, number 15, Lunar Light, and his value bet race, seven, number 14, Moonshine Lady. Any um, any thoughts on Doombin, Joel? Yeah, well, the only one I, I'd sort of liked a little bit was in race seven, so Daniel's value play, Moonshine Lady, but I thought Archer's Paradox would run well, just had no luck at all last start this mare. She was held up for most of the straight. They didn't go hard for a 1,000-metre race. Piracy really controlled things and thought she got to the line well. She's drawn nicely. Got a good record at Doombin uh, in the money, 6 of 10. And I think she looks a, a safe each-way bet in a race with a, a, you know, a little bit of depth to it. You're going to get nice each-way odds for Archer's Paradox. All righty. Uh, that wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australia. Earlier in the day, there are some massive meetings, Joel, in New Zealand at Matamata and Awapuni. Yeah, 11 race cards for both of them. Uh, half of the Awapuni card, uh, the jumps races, I think three hurdles and two steeples. But kicking off at Matamata, my best bet is a first starter, race six, number eight, Glenn Frey. Really liked this bloke's trials. He's a four-year-old, so he's taken a bit of time to get to the track. Craig Grills has been aboard in his last two trials and uh, just didn't uh, didn't flinch a muscle on him last time out, and it was a strong performance. Look, he obviously giving away a bit of experience mm-hmm. here, and it's a little bit of depth. There's probably sort of three or four winning hopes. I think there's a bit of 
bit of dead wood in the race. And I think it's a you know a nice race for a debutant to show up. So race six, number eight, keen on him. And the value play race 10, number five, this will do. Has been racing well this prep, three minor placings. I think the race has got to be the depth to it. So even though the form reads well, I think from sort of, you know, a lesser known stable with the apprentice to ride, I think you'll still get good each way odds. And I think she'll run well for you again, race 10, number five. At Awapuni, I've concentrated mainly on the flat program in the back half of the day. Race 8 sees my value bet come up. Number 10, Mayla Ray, who improved nicely into the placing. Second up, she'll be fitter for that. She looks to be heading in the right direction. And my best bet comes up in the last. Race 10, number 10, Scarlowi. Uh, the wetter, the better for him. Again, he presents third up off an improved performance at his second run back. Came from a long way back. Just missed the placings there, finishing fourth. Gets in light at the weights once again. And I think he's just about ready to win race 10, number 10. All right. Well, speaking of jumps, there's an all-jumps card at Sportsbet Ballarat on Sunday. Uh, the main race is the uh, race six, the E-Cycle Solutions Grand National Steeplechase. Uh, been robbed of a bit of interest with uh, the non-appearance of uh, a couple of the main dangers to Ablaze. Uh, so this will result in Ablaze starting fairly deep into red figures. Uh, it was a bloke who used to print winning poster, used to say you wanted six to four about a jumper actually getting around, never mind taking red figures about them. But it will be great to see Ablaze win the Grand National as he most probably will. Uh, Daniel, any thoughts on the Sunday Ballarat card? Yeah, look, with the plays so short, um, as you touched on, I think don't be shy. The John Salonitri camp is um, it's worth a bet maybe at an each-way price or throwing into some Cornellas with the Blaze. I thought he's running the crisp sand down over a sort of a similar trip, 4,200 metres. This is 4,500 metres. Was, was very good by Slowpoke Rodriguez. And since had a run on the flat, she didn't really figure there, but also tune up to keep her legs warm, I guess, and... Um, I think is worth um, yeah throwing some exotics with the favourite in the feature. I think Saunter Boy in race four, and that race is the um, the JJ Houlihan hurdle. I think he's a jumper of some promise. Of course, his flat form reads very well. Uh, he was first up at 2,800 metres at Flemington, was fourth in an open handicap, and then got the job done at a short quote in a maiden hurdle at Casterton. I think he'll only improve from that. 66 kilos you know, on the minimum. Uh, he's worth a bet in race four. So that's probably my main play. Ballarat. Joel, no thoughts on Ballarat? Um, I did have a bit of a thought on the the JJ Houlihan hurdle. I thought if as long as the eight runners holds up, I might have a little something each way on Solivare, number five, ticking along. Okay, this bloke, sort of relatively new to jumping. This is his first season. He won the maiden hurdle at Pakenham. Thought he's running the Grand National Hurdle. Was very good at a, as a 20-to-1 hope there behind a blaze. He's had the flat run under the belt. Uh, that was just on Wednesday, in fact. So, look, I think he'll run a good race for you at each way. And worth noting, Eric Musgrove appeared on Racing.com TV channel earlier this week, and he actually thought BT Jr. was the one to beat in the Grand National Steeple. So he uh, obviously chased home a blaze in the, the hurdle, gets a two-and-a-half-kilo swing. And, yeah, interesting that, that Eric sort of labelled him as the, the one to beat. He's got a couple of runners himself. But, uh, yeah, maybe BT Jr. could be the upset uh, material in the National. Okay, that wraps up a big... Weekend of racing around Australasia. There's also uh, what we didn't mention, but is well, there's also plenty of good action uh, up at Taree Friday and Sunday. Full form guides for both of those 
in your winning post, but that brings us to the segment we like to call Lazy Lobsters. Yes, it's Lazy Lobsters. Thanks again to Suburban Rock Patrol for our theme. This is our best $20 bet of the weekend. And unfortunately, we had no joy at all uh, last week. But uh, we are ready to bounce back. And I'm just going to get us rolling uh, just with a nice uh, nice loosener in the first at Corf at uh, Mooney Valley, the Valley, I should say, on Saturday, race one, number four, coming around 20 a win to get the money. Joel? Yeah, I'll split mine up. I'll go 10 for a win, see you soon. Randwick, race four, number three, and 10 for a win on Montia, race three, number five. And her brother that I was trying to think of was Inference, of course, won the Randwick Guineas on a heavy 10, so the wet shouldn't be a problem for her. And Daniel? Yeah, I'll split my 20 as well. Uh, 10 on Kentucky Tornado, race four, number eight. And we'll go to Brisbane in the last get-out stakes. 10 on Lunar Light. I'm keen on the price in the last race at nine, number 15 at Doombin. As you can see, we've just lost all confidence with, uh, you know, me, <laughs> me going for coming around, everyone else uh, splitting their money. We, You can participate, listeners, if you would like to send us an email by lunchtime, on a Thursday with your best $20 bet of the weekend, incoming at winningpost.com.au and Lazy Lobsters in the subject line. This week's entrance, this week's entrant is frequent correspondent to the paper, Mitch Matheson from Castle, Maine, and his selection is in the big one. It is in the Winx Stakes at Randwick, and his pick is... Uh, he obviously hasn't got the history that where he has to worry about it, Joel, is the Bostonian. So $10 each way, race seven, number two, the Bostonian at Randwick on Saturday. So that leaves us only to advise you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is available online as we speak. Uh, just go to the winningpost.com.au, click through the link to issue.com. Five bucks will get you the entire 117 pages, including all the lift outs that you don't necessarily get in the uh, printed version. The printed version is out, of course, first thing Friday in shops everywhere around Australia. And Saturday morning, unfortunately, still in Tasmania. We could have some good news on that front for Tasmanian readers in the weeks to come, certainly by the Spring Carnival. Stay tuned for that. Uh, But meanwhile, have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.